I'm gonna do the podcast like this. You could quit <laughs> right now. Someone on the outside says to you, just hire someone. Like it's so bloody easy to just hire someone. The fact that I've got my heels on her beautiful reupholstered couch that she did for me. Hi, I'm Erin Deering and you're listening to The Work. So something that I've noticed that seems to ring pretty true when I talk to any founders is that those who have tasted and had any kind of success in business pretty much have no time to share what it's really actually like to run a business. So in this episode, I'm gonna break that silence and I'm gonna share the grind of working 15 to 20 hour days, the untold reality behind my journey and many others. And then there's the unfiltered truth of scaling, which is a lot harder than you think it might be, no linear line there. And the number one expectation that every entrepreneur must have to thrive in the world of business. So we launched Triangle in our first bikini sale was January 2013. So you might assume that I pulled my laptop onto my lap and started working maybe a couple of months before, but we actually came up with the idea of Triangle in November 2011. So that's at least a year and that is quick. That is a quick start. So we started the business 2011. We started, you know, designing the logo, the name, a couple of samples, la-di-da. You know, it was kind of, we just did it as we did it. There was no rush at all. Then we moved to Hong Kong six to seven months after this. And we still kind of like, oh, let's do some more samples and let's go look at a factory. And, you know, it wasn't quick. It wasn't it wasn't this rush to market. It takes a really long time at the start. And you have the luxury. I had the luxury to take all this time. I was going to the beach. I was going for long walks. There was a lot of thinking. There was a lot of doing other things. We had other categories that we were sort of building at the same time as swimwear because we had time. We had a lot of time. It was a lot of ideation and a little bit of execution, but mainly in this ideas phase. So especially in Hong Kong, I remember my morning quite clearly. This is before we launched the product and I would get up, I'd go for a walk up to the peak. If, if you know Hong Kong at all, there's a really brutal mountain essentially that you climb. I'd walk up there every morning, I'd come back and have a bowl of cornflakes. I would, you know, have a shower, I would get ready and I would probably start to do a little bit of work on the business at around like 11 or 12 and then like an hour or two of just thinking about things and then we might go to the beach or we might go and get lunch or we might do something. It was really, really pretty crazy at the start, like really crazy for us at the start. So then we sold our first bikini online in January 2013 and basically my entire world changed overnight and not in the sense of we had these amazing sales and tons of customers. It was like, oh shit, now we have to do stuff to actually grow this business. And that's when you get thrown in the deep end, you literally get dropped in and you're like, I honestly don't have this planned because yeah, you can. Ha- we had all these ideas during the development stage, but once you sell the bikini and the reality hits you, you basically have to start on doing everything, which is what we had to start doing. What was our marketing strategy? What was our distribution channel actually gonna look like? Who were our customers? What were they buying? What should we make next? It was just this constant or million different, and these were now pressing issues because we had to sell bikinis to continue with this business. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Whereas the start, we were very much like, oh, I guess we'll do this. I guess we'll, I guess we'll pull the trigger at some point and launch this business. And then after that, it was, oh shit, we have to do everything we can 
can to keep this business not only surviving, but we have to then also have this business thrive. We were online, but we also had wholesale. So we actually started with a little bit of wholesale. So once we started selling bikinis and we had this online sale and then we had bikinis in some stores in Australia, we suddenly, I had people to get back to. I had, you know, not only had customers to, to try and find online, but I had all these accounts to manage and what stock were they selling and how was that going and is anything selling at all and can I come and look at it? And all these, all these lists kept growing that were different lists and it was still a lot of strategy, but it was in a totally different way of not this beautiful idealistic version of strategy, but this scary reality of strategy, which is hang on, no one's actually buying these bikinis. What am I gonna do here to get people to buy these bikinis? And so the list became a lot more time critical because there was a lot more pressure in getting a sale. I remember pretty early on realizing that Instagram was potentially going to be a good strategy for us. We hadn't launched with Instagram as a strategy. I was using the triangle Instagram as my personal Instagram. So it was, you know, I was still doing that in Hong Kong. I was still posting myself and then I started to look around at what a few other businesses were doing and going, oh, I think we might have to turn this in, and this was after we launched. There was no pre-launch strategy of, of Instagram and of social media and of that marketing whatsoever. Our whole marketing strategy before launch was wholesale. Our entire marketing strategy post-launch was online and social media. So it completely shifted and all that planning. I mean, we pulled all of our stock out of wholesale within three months of launching the business because A, I couldn't manage both wholesale and online and really facilitate that digital space as well as the physical space. And the physical space just wasn't selling. We had bikinis going in on consignment. So we gave them stock, they didn't pay for it, but then we only got paid versus what they sold. So it felt like a lot of work for very little upside. So. We had to pull everything out, which is another task in itself. We even had a distribution place in Melbourne that we were using originally for online as well that we had to pull everything out of. So what we found that was a lot of these decisions that we'd made pre-launch thinking this would work, we had to fix and take all that time to shut them all down to go forward with a completely different strategy that we didn't know was gonna be the strategy until we started selling a couple of bikinis and saw the potential in social media. So basically every strategy that we'd set up before launch, we had to get rid of after launch. Every idea that I had, every marketing, every sales strategy after launch and after we realized what was working, what was not working, we had to redo everything. So there's like before launch strategy and after launch strategy and now we're completely different strategies. Very, very quickly in the, in the growth of that business, even before we were really killing it, we had no time to do, we, we'd go to the beach on the weekend, maybe on a Sunday, but during the week or six days a week, there was no time to do anything. There was no time for walks, no time for lunches. Every single part of our day was dispatching the orders, going to the post office, replying to customers, finding customers, looking at samples, thinking of the new collections. Every time you th we thought that we had a little part of our day sorted, the next part happened. And if you'd think, you know, we'd think about dispatch, you know, online, customer care, and then, uh, you know, you'd have this, I'd have this drop in and be like, oh my God, product, we have to sample these and we have to fit these and we have to s decide what's coming next because what we have now is gonna run out of runway in like three months and we need to be thinking of that next collection. So it was, went from zero to 100 pretty quickly. So, you know, six months after launch, we're working 20 hour days, 
we're doing everything. We're completely burnt out and exhausted, but still loving what we're doing. We're just doing too much. And the thing is, this is a real reality I, I find with a lot of founders is when you need to make that hire and this happened for us, you think, I don't have time to hire anyone. I don't have time to even look for someone, let alone train someone to do what I do that I'm so protective of doing myself. But it got to a point where we knew we had to do it. And our first hire was a girl in customer care to take a lot of the pressure off the way that was growing. You know, we had Instagram, emails, live chat, which I brought in at that point. There was so much going on. So I had to really step back in that moment to hire someone, to train someone up to my level to then be able to move forward. Everything as a founder in those early days was so internalized. My thoughts, you know, I, I felt I wish I had a clone. I wish I had space to think creatively. I wish I, I wish I could get through this fucking to-do list. <laughs> it only got added to, it never got shorter. And you'd be so, I'd be so in the moment. I'd be so in it just thinking, God, I, I need a chop out. I love this so much, but I need a chop out, but I don't know when I'll get it. It's just a constant, you when you're in it, you're in it. You're in it, you're in it. And you cannot see the world around you. You are literally on an island, on your own, in your head, getting shit done. I definitely learnt a couple of little lessons during all of that. For, it's like first couple of years. It's, it's a year before, a year after. Um, so when you're in that product development phase, you know, before launch, you got time. You know, you can trial, you can test. It's all, it's kind of all fluff. It's all, what if we did this? And what if, it's all blue sky as well. What if we did A that took us to B to took us to C and then everything's great, you know? And then you launch the product or you launch the service and you, you don't have any time anymore. You don't have any time anymore and every little blue sky decision you made is definitely turned into gray skies and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I, don't, I now need to make new decisions but I don't have the luxury of time that I had anymore. And then you get to this point where you do nut through that and you're getting some good traction, some good sales and moving forward but you're working your ass off. You are working, you're doing every job possible and you're thinking, I need to bring someone in. I need to get some external help to go to that next level. But it's not as easy as going, oh, like you, you know, I'm gonna hire someone. I'm just gonna sit down and have a couple of days to find the right person and then a couple of weeks to train them up. You don't even have time to get through what you need to do, let alone give someone what they need for them to do and succeed in your business. So you have these crazy little moments. And all my founders will understand this one all too well. When you get to a point of scaling up, when you're so overwhelmed with everything you need to do and you just know that you, you really need to bring someone else in and someone on the outside, they see that too. And they say to you, just hire someone. You look so busy, things are going well, just bring someone in. And you see they're thinking, I don't have time to scratch my bloody ass, let alone take the days and the weeks to find someone and hire someone and train someone. Things are about to get a tiny, tiny little bit juicy, so don't go anywhere. All right, guys, I am working on something at the moment that's really exciting and it's something that I've been wanting to do for years, to be honest, for years. I'm gonna be launching a business and personal development group where I'll mentor you on growing a business whilst not ditching your self-care and self-love. Now, the waitlist is open, so head to erindeering.com and pop your name down so you do not miss out on this one. Okay, so I've got a video that 
I was sent by my team, which I haven't watched yet, which is about what it really feels like to be an entrepreneur. So let's give it a watch. This is the best possible example of being an entrepreneur. It's not only getting kicked in the face, it's getting kicked in the face and feeling your teeth in your mouth and you're trying to catch your breath but you're inhaling blood and you're worried that you're gonna die because you're gonna choke on the blood and teeth that you're inhaling from getting kicked in the fucking face. And then, that's the easy part. The hard part is knowing you could quit at any time. And unlike real life, if you quit, the teeth are suddenly back in the right position. You're no longer inhaling blood and everything's relaxing. So as you're (coughs) choking on the teeth and the blood and dealing with the pain, there's a part in your brain that's going, you could quit right now and just walk away and it's all good. And that's why, even though I give people the realest advice spiritually, strategically, and tactically, most still won't do it, it's because of all that. Oh my God. It's very true though. I, it, it, that is like, anyone that is an entrepreneur is genuinely insane because why would you want to do that over and over again to yourself when you don't have to? When you don't have to literally die. I mean, that's a very grotesque. <laughs> I, would never, I would never explain it that way, but it is kind of how you feel. And it is insane because you do think, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this, but I really, really want to. It's really, ugh, yeah. This is a good one. I definitely can relate to it being really intense at times. I definitely don't feel like every day as an entrepreneur, every day as a founder is that intense. What I really can relate to in that is the fact that, you know, that whilst I would never think of that angle of, oh, I could quit at any time, it is that acknowledgement that you're choosing to be in this situation, that you're choosing to take on all this stress for yourself, that you're choosing to make it all about your decision-making and everything is going to be your fault or your win if you get it right, but it's definitely gonna be your fault if you get it wrong. Now, while that video is very much fear-mongering in a way of kind of like, oh, it's the worst thing ever, it's gonna kill you. You know, there's so much reward in it. For me, it made my life into what it is now in the sense of the opportunities and the freedom to creatively do what I want now. There's so much freedom and beauty in taking those risks. Where there's a risk, there's a reward. My new memoir, yes guys, I wrote a book, a whole book. It is called Hanging by a Thread and it is coming out on September 26th. However, you can pre-order your copy now by heading to Booktopia. The link is in the show notes. So if you look at this before launch period and this after launch period, what you will see is that there are seasons in business and there are cycles in business. So if you use that time, that busy season, that quiet season to your benefit, you're going to get the best results. If you understand when you have a slower cycle or a faster season, that's when you're gonna know how to pull the trigger and pull the levers and push the buttons that you need to depending on that season that you're in. So there are four seasons to running a business. So the first is your pre-launch, which is your breathing time, your visualizing, your setting everything up, your planning for blue skies, and then you launch. And this is your hustle 
season. This is when you go hard, you do everything you can to make a sale, you're working around the clock, you're seeing growth, it's really stressful but really fun at the same time, and you're getting some traction. And then you have your steady season, which is when you start to either see a slowdown in your growth or you might see a downturn in your growth and you're just steadying the ship. You are you might not be there yet, but you're watching it. You know that this, this crazy growth that you might be having or everything going really well is going to perhaps turn at some point. So you're just steadying, you're holding, you, you're observing, but you're holding firm. And then you have your refresh season, which is when sales might be slowing down, things are shifting, you might be creating something new, whatever it is. And this is your opportunity to review, to refresh, to reset, to start again if you need to, or just have some little pivots and little shifts in what you're doing. Then we go into our steadying the ship season. So this is when you are just holding firm, everything's working, you're wondering if it's gonna keep growing or go down, but you're just you're holding firm in this season with everything that you're doing. And then you have your slowdown season, I guess. And this is your opportunity to refresh, review, reset. Phenomenal opportunity to try new things, to, you know, make a change. So the seasons are breathe, hustle, steady, and slow down. And I wanna ask you a question. Have a think about it. Which season are you in now? All right, my loves, now it is time to do the work. So I asked this just before quickly, but I will ask you again to have a real think about this one. What season are you in now? Really thinking about where, what stage you're in, where you're at, and what season you're in. And then here's my advice to you on this, is to be proactive. So being proactive means looking at what season you're in now and preempting what is coming up in your next season and being proactive about that. You don't have to panic and make decisions before that season, but you can prepare for it. For example, if you are in the hustle, just maybe start to write a list of the things that you wanna do when you get a little bit more time, like a couple of things, five to 10 things, write that list. You don't have to do anything on that list, but you've got it there and you're ready and you're kind of planning for it. So when you get into it, you sort of have that action plan ready to go. Now the biggest, you know, being pro, we all get what being proactive is, but my biggest piece of advice for you guys is to not be reactive. Do not be reactive. Now, when you're reactive in business and you're in that season of steadying or slowing down, you might panic, right? And you might do crazy things like mark all your products down or put out a new product really quickly or change some big fundamental part of your business because you're just panicking because you're in this season of steadying or you're in this season of slowdown. Do not be reactive, you know? Steadying means hold the fort and slowing down is an unbelievably important, incredible opportunity to be creative, to start innovate and to start thinking about what you really wanna do next in your business. You have the time in those slowdown periods to do so, so make sure you use that time well. So if you're getting into a season of steadying or slowing down, the worst thing you can do is be reactive. At Triangle, for example, we never marked anything down. We never had sales, we never gave discounts, we never even did free shipping. We held strong, we never panicked, even in those seasons of steadying and of slowing down. We were never reactive. Because being reactive 
is showing weakness and it is showing that you are not fortified in what your vision for your business is and your customer, I swear to God, your customer will smell that. They will smell it and they will move away into someone else. People do not like feeling that lack of confidence. So you need to be the one that holds that. All right, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. Now, if you are listening to this podcast, you can also watch me on Spotify and YouTube. And if you are watching me, thanks very much. I hope I look nice. Bye.